Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Players Experience Podcast. For the month of June, we are going to launch a speaker series segment where I chat with industry professionals about their journey into the sports field, the behind the scenes work, and some of their favorite moments of building their sports careers in the industry behind sport, and what it's like to kind of get their foot in the door and some tips and tricks behind that. On today's episode, to launch off the speaker series, we have Mike Kosesha to be able to chat about his work with the Peterborough Peets and what his experience has been like for him. Before we bring Mike onto the show, just got to give a shout out to our production team, Jay Salty Photography and Big Mark Productions for their work that they do each and every week, as well as to 19 Marketing for the merch that is now available for the show. On top of that, guys, we have discount codes with Hushed Blankets, the Jaywalk Apparel, and the Great North Apparel. So make sure to hit the Players Experience code in the checkout to get some discounts when you buy some of that merch as well. On top of that, guys, make sure that you subscribe to the channel because we have new episodes each and every week and you don't want to miss them so make sure to subscribe hit that like button and that follow uh, so that you don't miss a beat on any new and upcoming episodes now without further ado let's bring mike on and start talking about his journey into hockey with the peterborough peets and what some of his challenges and favorite moments have been throughout his career Mike, how's it going, man? Good, man. Good to see you. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thanks. It's it's been a while. Uh, like this whole pandemic, man. Like from being able to see each other at Pete's games and, and hang out on the golf course to, to this, it's it's been a little bit different. But uh, yeah, we're rolling through. How about you? How's things? Good, man. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I mean, uh, Kale and I, my girlfriend, every single time I would we would see you out at a game, it was almost like we knew that if we were going to any sporting event anywhere in the Durham region, you're probably going to run into Colpitz there at some point. He's going to have a ticket and he'll be there. So, Yeah, it's, uh, it's you know, it's I make connections with everyone. I, <laughs> I was talking to my buddies because uh, for March of 2022, a couple other of my friends were booking a trip to Hawaii for like, it was like a thousand bucks for round trip with cancellation fee included and everything. And uh, I was like, yo, let's go. And then he's like, Colpitz, where are we going to go for like Airbnbs and that? I was like, I got some friends in Hawaii. He was like, of course, you know, for Hawaii. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Not surprised to hear it. So no, it'll be, it'll be good, man. When we can get back to like some sort of normalcy and, uh, and get back into the swing of things. But in the meantime, I appreciate you being on the show to kind of kickstart our speaker series month where for the entire month, um, I'm just for those that are tuning in, uh, for this month, uh, just going to be talking with some sport professionals in the field, talking about how you guys got into the field, the challenges, the experiences, and so much more behind uh, the avenues of, of getting into sports um, from a business perspective. So thank you, Mike, for kicking the series off. Oh, definitely. Thanks. Yeah, it's a great idea. I mean, I wish uh, wish we would add something like this uh, when we were going through school, for sure. Now, I like to start off every uh, episode I ever do with a segment called Rapid Fire. So I'm going to uh, right. shoot off four questions and just tell me what the first thing is that comes to mind. So what is your favorite time of day? 
Um, it's funny, like I, it, it's definitely morning, but um, I've only like recently started being a morning person again. Like, like I always say, like my goal is to like be up like an hour before I have to leave to kind of ease into my day. But um, that's easier said than done now when you're you know living and working from home. So maybe when I get back in the commuter life, I'll probably lose that. But for now, I've kind of enjoyed the, especially with the warm weather and stuff. It's nice to get up and have a cup of coffee in the morning. No, oh, for sure. Now, what's the strangest thing in your fridge? Oh, um, I don't know if it would be classified as strange, but I do want to give a shout out to White Feather Farms. There's this maple chili sauce. It is a strange combination on uh, first hand, but it's the I put that sauce on a lot of stuff now. I'll throw it on any chicken burger or anything out there. So if you're ever at White Feather Farms, pick that up. It's real good stuff. All right. Shop local too, am I right? Exactly. Now, what's a TV show that you're currently watching? Um, actually, uh, Kill my girlfriend. I we just finished The Circle on Netflix, which was kind of interesting, a little fun one to watch. But uh, I'm rewatching Friday Night Lights, and it's her uh, first go around on that. And other than that, I'm just waiting for Yellowstone to come back. A couple great series. I never got into Yellowstone, but Friday Night Lights, I'm all about. Oh, it's a good one, Coach Taylor, all the way. Yeah. Now, what's your favorite sport? Um, I think probably twofold. The sport I love the most is hockey. Like I, uh, all I, I mean, I got the NHL live this year for the first time, and it's been quite an experience. It's been great to just be able to throw on games kind of at any time. Um, but uh, the sport like I probably like like the most from just I played it more was baseball. But uh, I would I think probably hockey by a, a thin margin. Yeah, same here. Uh, actually, no, baseball is going to be ahead of the curve by a little bit because yeah. uh, just playing and growing up baseball, it's, I can Definitely. never, so that, that was my downfall for hockey. It's a pretty important part of the game, I guess. Yeah. Now, my first question for you is when did sports become a passion for you? Um, it was a pretty young age. I mean, my dad, um, like my, like the guys in my family and actually my entire family really like through like my grandpa, my dad, everybody's like really into sports and by proxy, like my mom and, um, my aunt and stuff, they played a bit of softball growing up. They wouldn't, I, I don't know if they would be like considered like athletes per se, but they have a passion for sports too. I mean, like whenever there's a big playoff league game on, everybody in my family would be watching it and they're all big Yankees fans. Um, you know, just because, you know, my grandpa was a baseball fan before there was there was even the Blue Jays. Right? So, but um, so I'd say like a pretty young age, but I think like when it became like, you know, just being a fan to a passion was probably in high school. Like I remember it was just I was playing like all the sports at once. You know what I mean? As many sports I get my hand on. And, um, you know, I just just by watching it all the time, it, it kind of became like, okay, this is something that takes up a significant portion of my time. A lot of my friends are coming through this. Um, but then I guess like when I turned it into a career would have been, you know, partway through, through my uh, time at Trent, I was going through to be a teacher and partly in hopes to, you know, be a coach when I was being a teacher. Right. So, I mean, there, there was definitely sports leading that decision too. Um, and then I was like, well, why don't I just try and, get into the sports thing as a career. So that's what led me to the Durham College. Awesome. Now, yeah, leading into Durham College, you took sport management. Uh, throughout the program, what would you say was the most challenging skill that you were able to learn from that program and use today? Um, I think it was the uh, challenge of 
Um, I mean, I don't think it was like a challenge in the sense that like, I've kind of always been a very social person, but the challenge of uh, networking in the sense of putting yourself out there, like I had never been one to like, it always felt like you're asking for favors in terms of traditional networking. But as you know, like you're, you're, you're a person who's obviously really good at networking. So, um, you know, just like the simple asking for the cup of coffee and, and things like that. I think like in terms of the sports management, you know, they really run the class like a team at Durham there. So like, you know, as far as like getting along and working together as a team, I didn't necessarily find that a challenge. And I think just the time management too, because it was, uh, um you know such condensed program you know you kind of had to really stay on top of it as it moved pretty quick as far as like the academic stuff all being in one semester yeah for sure and i mean who doesn't like a cup of coffee and the way i i look at things mm-hmm. the worst thing someone's gonna say is no it's like all right they say no you move on right and exactly people are very generous with their time in the sports world too like you'd be su- like it's, it's surprising sometimes some of the people that'll accept a coffee based on their uh perceived status in the in the industry well, even looking at like this show, I started this mm-hmm. when the pandemic started, and honestly, I thought it was going to last a couple months. We're going to have fun with it, do a couple episodes, and then as I started getting more and more asks out, I had more and more people being like, "Yeah, sure, I'll hop on." It's like, oh, like I had people like Boston Rob from Survivor, who I never thought yeah. in a million years I'd get on the show. I was like, he was on it. I had Dan Shulman, the biggest name I think that was a surprise was like Ken Rosenthal. And I was yeah, like, I was shocked when I saw it. I almost spit out my coffee. <laughs> yeah, like, with Rosenthal, like he he said he just he saw the special and picks aspect in my Twitter bio, and he was like, "That's why I'm doing it." I was like, "Perfect!" Like I appreciate it, and Love it was it. Huge. so um, yeah, networking is especially I think in a pandemic world has given so much more to that social networking aspect where mm-hmm. people can now take half an hour, forty minutes of their time and chat with you online, right? hundred percent. Yeah. And it's been like a good time to, yeah, kind of, um, you know, if people were using their time wisely over this too, it would have been a great time to get access to people because, you know, people were at home and, you know, they had a bit more time on their hands. Yeah, exactly. They, as opposed to the hour long commute, they roll out of bed and sit in front of their computer five minutes before, before work. So. Exactly. Or they're like me, they're forcing themselves to get up for an hour for a coffee and then they sit there and realize, oh, I don't really have anything to do, but at least have the luxury to scroll on Twitter guilt-free for an hour before work. Yeah, exactly. Now, you currently work with the Peterborough Pete's OHL team as one of their senior coordinators of season ticket sales. How were you able to get your foot in the door with Pete's, do that networking piece, um, and what was that experience like for you to kind of just kickstart your career with them? Yeah, it's, it's been great. I mean, I'd recommend like almost anybody who has a passion um, for hockey. And, and you know what? I don't, I don't even say that. Like you don't even necessarily need to have a passion for hockey. Like almost anybody trying to get into sports, junior hockey is a great way to do it. You're going to learn a lot uh, with that. The way I got my foot in the door was through uh, the Durham, actually the Durham College program. Um, they, had, they had posted for an internship and I applied just knowing that, you know, the commute down the 115 wouldn't be too bad from Oshawa uh, to do that. And it'd be great to work there. Um, I, I think I missed the boat on the Jens opportunity or it wasn't, it wasn't um, open already. Um, and then um, by the time, you know, it got down to come time for an interview, I had already accepted another position. So I kind of uh, just kept my foot in the door with Burton, um, who is my now boss. Um, and then, uh, you know, I would just stay in touch with him through email 
And I always found, so then I started just applying for jobs. Once I finished my internship, there was a few postings that came, like the business started to grow at that time. Um, and they started hiring new and new positions. Um, and I interviewed for a few and, and he seemed to really like me, but I just didn't have quite necessarily the skills available. Plus the people that got the jobs in front of me were, that were soon my coworkers were for the other positions were far more qualified and just rock star candidates. They've, they've moved on to some bigger and better things too. Um, but they, um, you know, and then, and then he kind of just reached out and said, Hey, I'm, I have a pretty quick turnaround. Our season ticket guy just got a, got a job, um, somewhere else and we're already in the middle of the season. So I don't really have time to go through like a full month long hiring process. Like they would normally do in the off season or something, you know what I mean? Where they're going to do the long steps. So I'm just putting together a short list. I'll put it out there, but for the most part, I'm just trying to get someone real quick. And I know you, you've interviewed a few times now and, um, you know, it was just a goal of mine to work there. Cause you know, um, one of the rare things in sports, uh, especially in junior hockey and the way Burton runs things at the pizzas, you know, he, he took the time to give me really constructive feedback. Let me know that, you know, I, I really just need a bit more experience, which I was able to get with the gens getting on the phones there. And, um, and yeah, other than that, like it, it's been a great experience once I finally got the job, um, you know, to just learn how to manage, you know, a base of season ticket members, you know, you learn a lot from them. There's so many of them with, you know, all different walks of life in Peterborough and, um, you know, but, but the nicest part about working in junior hockey, like I said, is you're going to get an opportunity to do a bit of everything. You know, I've done a little content creation. I was in some video promo videos doing a little acting in them, like just, you know, something because it's such a small staff, you need to kind of pull the weight a little bit, everything you kind of lend your hand to running events uh, by proxy, you know, you're working game nights. Um, and then with it just being such a small staff, you're kind of eating every bit of hands in on every piece of pie. So you're picking up a bit from working so closely with the other um, uh, departments. So, you know, you, you're going to pick up a little bit of everything. So it's a, it's a great spot to kind of, you know, round yourself out um, once you can get in. No, that's great. Cause honestly, yeah, it all relates back to networking. And as we both know, sports is such a small net world too, that you, someone that, you know, like you said with burden, like you've interviewed a couple times and then eventually when the, the call's there, he'll reach out to you first because he knows that that name has stuck out. Right. So definitely. Now, throughout your time with the Pete so far, what has been one of the biggest challenges that you've had to come, or sorry, had to overcome outside of the pandemic? Um, I think uh, the biggest thing for me, like being in ticket sales, like um, you know, when I'm not doing season tickets, like I'm outwardly selling flex packs, basically any ticket that isn't a group ticket. Um, so just getting on the phones and like you know, getting the gumption up, like when you're not really feel like. Everybody has days, like no matter how social and talkative you are, you have days where you don't really feel like talking to anyone. You don't really, you know, you kind of, you, you feel like being a bit more reserved and just putting your head down on a task. But, you know, being in sales, you kind of have to um, get over that and just, you know, bring it on the phones and be social every day. Because, you know, if you spend a day off kind of just, you know, maybe not putting the effort in or mailing in on the phone, you're going to see it in your results. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a bunch of leads that could have gone wasted. Um, but other than that, like, you know, from like, uh, you know, problems arising, I guess, like after our first season, um, when I went into my very first renewal period, I never renewed any of the season tickets because when I came in, I just inherited the other guys, um, base of season tickets and was just servicing them all season. And then our, uh, we had to replace our floor 
which was going to put, uh, which had a start um, this season on like a 19 game like road streak. So then season ticket members are like, wait a minute, are we going to have games three days a week? That's going to be a problem. Are we even going to have a season at home? Are we going to like, am I even going to be able to sit in my seats? Like, so there, there was all of these like problems that came up and it was my first time renewing, like just trying to, you know, keep, they, they, they've always said it's been a steady 90 per, plus percent renewal thing. And I'm like, oh my God, like, how am I going to keep all these people when we didn't even know if we're going to be in the building? Um, and really there, it was just, you know, leaning on, um, you know, just selling people on the team, like finding, finding what makes the, the customer tick and really trying to like highlight that, you know, that's, that's where the customer service all season long, you know, and, and gaining these people's trust in sales, you know, really comes in handy because they're going to, you know, trust that you have their best interest in mind and you're not just going for that um, commission or that, that sale on them, right. That you're, you know, you're actually trying to make sure that they're going to enjoy their hockey experience first and foremost. Now but. talking about that, like interconnection with the fans and making sure that, yeah, like you said, when they come into the building, they make, they feel like they're the only ones coming to the hockey game and there's nobody mm-hmm. in the arena, things like that. Obviously, since March of last year, uh, we've had now two OHL seasons canceled, one halfway through the season and one pretty much this past year, um, as it was just announced recently that they were going to scrap this year as well due to the pandemic. How has the fan interaction been with the team and how would someone in your position be able to stay connected with those fans, like letting them know like everything will be fine, hopefully we can have OHL and Pete's hockey back in Peterborough come the fall of this year? Yeah, I mean, like, one thing that the Peets are, you know, we're lucky at is it's such a hockey-crazy town. Um, you know, a lot of there, – there's some junior hockey fans that they um, – they'll, they'll go to games because they'll find attachments just to specific players maybe, or, like, you know, they'll go, say, because McDavid's on the team, or they'll go because of Mitch Marner's rolling through London for a few years. Whereas a lot of hockey fans, and you'll hear it on the phones talking to them, like they know their hockey. They'll be giving you tips on what we should be doing on the power play type thing. So no matter who's on the roster, they're ready to fall in love with who those players are and come out. So it's been nice that there's been a lot of fans that are just have been pretty understanding about just, you know, um, like, hey, when the season comes around, as long as I have my seat, I'll be happy. So, you know, it's, and then it, from there, it's just up to me to ensure them and, and, again back on that trust that they know that Mike's going to take care of me getting my seat and you know outside of that I know that once things get rolling things go great so it's just making sure that they're keeping that level of confidence up Um, and then you know just managing you know not everyone has money to just put down their season tickets and just say hold on to my money until the thing's gone right some people you know they they're such dire hockey fans that they, they use maybe some of like their, their few expendable dollars on the game. You know, it's just a ma- matter of like, you know, being able to manage the whole holding, you know, finding ways to make sure that they're still able to have their seat held and, um, you know, and looked after and, and they're not put in a position where they're going to lose out on, on, you know, their experience. But other than that, like it's, it's been a lot on the marketing team, um, full credit. Like, I mean, they've done an amazing job. I think like the Pete's are up to like, the second most interactions in the CHL and we haven't even been playing. Like there's been Quebec we're the work work from the league that hasn't even been playing. And we've been having the second most interactions. And a lot of that 
is, you know, due to the marketing team um, at the Pete's, you know, just knocking out of the park, finding ways to find new events and new, new online content for people to consume and keep fans engaged. Like my buddy Riley, who's had a game ops and uh, uh, operations at the, uh, the Pete's there. He's, he's kind of taken on a whole new role because there's no game ops for him to be doing. So he's essentially uh, been working on the Thursday night live, which is similar to your show, show here, Colpitz, where they, they, you know, it's just been taken industry people like James Duthie or, uh, you know, Sam Cosentino or, you know, uh, I think they had Natalie Spooner on there recently and, and a couple of musical guests, like local musical guests and kind of just putting a variety show together where, you know, it kind of just keeps people engaged with the brand. Um, so that, you know, I, I, I doubt people in Peterborough would forget about us, but you know, it's, it's, it's at least keeping them top of mind and giving them something to kind of scratch that itch until the season comes around. For sure. And those live events have been great. Actually, a couple of buddies of mine uh, performed as one of the musical guests with the yeah. Beaches Patience. Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, they, they always do some great work. And uh, I know that they really enjoyed uh, doing that for the, for the Beats. So that's, yeah, honestly, that's they, were, they, they were really on for us, too. They were, they were one of the first musical guests on there. So they helped really kick things off, which is great. That's awesome. But yeah, no, shout out to the marketing department because uh, the one other thing that I've liked about the marketing department is like highlighting players that used to play on the piece that are now playing in the NHL and how they're doing throughout playoffs or throughout the regular season. So that if you kind of forget the names of like a couple of guys, it's like, hey, reminder, these guys played for us. Go check them out. Right. So exactly. Now, outside of all the challenges, obviously come some rewards and benefits. What's been the most rewarding aspect of your job so far? Um, I think, like, honestly, it's just been, um, like, obviously it's great when you build the relationships and you see, like, kind of how much hockey means to the season ticket members. Um, and, you know, being able to, like, it's, it's when you can do the small things to make their game experience better, you know, like, whether it be, you know, a season ticket member of like a young family uh, and, and the kids are just having a blast and, you know, you find a way to have them meet one of their favorite players or get a signed photo from them or something. And it brings their game night from a seven to a 10. Like they're, they're just so excited and it, and you, you can tell it does a lot for them. And um, so, I mean, like, that's kind of like the cliche, like easy answer that, that, that that's, that's, and it's for sure true. It's, it's the most like true rewarding part of it. Um, and I think it reminds you kind of like things like that remind you why you're in the business and why you like live events. But other than that, I mean, it's, it's obviously great to be able to show up to, you know, you're working more than 40 hours a week. Um, so you're working the game nights, but at the same time, you know, I can remember a time where, while I was working internships and I was working overnights at McDonald's or I was, you know, shoveling snow overnight um, on call to make some cash to, you know, still be able to go to concerts and go to the bar and stuff like that, that, you know, it reminds you that like, Hey, it could be a lot worse working a hockey game um, as much as I, you know, I'm spending my Friday or Saturday night here. I'm still watching Nick Robertson score 50 goals and getting paid to do it. So, I mean, it, it could be a lot worse in that sense for sure. No, definitely. And like you said, the kids' experience is the most important because, like, 
Uh, I know with my job, I got like, as my internship with Special Olympics before I started working there, my last event was out in Kingston. And this one kid came up to me because like I got to run this whole event by myself and like showcase it to my boss and how successful it was and things like that. And then I had this one kid come up to me and was like, hey, like, are you Ryan? Because my boss was like, make sure you go see that guy as you walk out and say like, thanks or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, what's up? Like, did you enjoy your day? He's like, I just want you to know that this was the best day of my life. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is why we do it. So That's awesome. Yeah, that's always fun when you see stuff like that. We used to do a lot of post-game skates. Um, you know, it's just like an extra thing. You know, some, some of them be exclusive to season ticket members. Um, and some of them would just be open to fans. And, you know, the idea was, like, we just it, – it, it's twofold. Like, it's great. You see, you know, Nick Robertson – getting to like sign this kid's jersey who's been at every single game knows every stat of his and maybe has a newfound love of hockey or this like young girl that like you know has like picking up Nick Robertson's shooting technique in practice or something like that and he's kind of going oh yeah this is this is something bonus to like why I do what I do outside of just trying to make a career out of this and then it's fun for the kids too because you know they're like you know it's it's teaching them so much and like about goals and um, you know, everything. Yeah. And, and it's just fun too. It's just fun. It's, it's a fun night out, a good memory with their family and their friends. Now talking about those memories, what would your most favorite moment or experience or memory be, whether it's on the ice or off the ice, what would it be for you? Um, as far as like, I guess, like in my career, I think it was like, geez, I think like, you know, it was, it's probably just um i think like non like career perspective it was like seeing nick score that 50th goal like i remember it was actually funny you know um i used one of my tic uh, tickets to bring my girlfriend's father out to the game and he had a long trip back to marma and he, he had to leave the game early um because he was you know he was just tired and he missed the robertson 50 goal and he was listening on the way home he goes oh crap I, I, I left early for it but I remember like specifically sitting up I was like helping a customer and then I heard like the crowd start to where you knew in the back of your mind Robbie had the 50th goal on 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 tap and you look up and you see him on the breakaway um and he scored it so that was a really cool moment because you know so few people in the OHL or even just the Pete's for sure have, have done what he did um that season but in terms of like the actual job and um, you know, my most memorable moment so far, I think, has just been, um, you know, some of the, I think it's it's really just been the relationships with season ticket members. Like, one of them, uh, like, you know, seeing how, like, you kind of almost become part of their little, like, sports family. Like, um, you know, as, as terrible as, like, there, there's a season ticket members, we've had some of them pass away um, or, you know, relative, and then, you know, there you are at their, you know, you're at the visitation or the celebration of life downtown Peterborough and you're like wow like I you know um I didn't realize maybe at first how much this person meant to me or stuff like that because you know you do build such a good relationship with them and it just kind of reminds you like oh this is you know it's not often I guess people in their career get a chance to you know mix uh the you know the enjoyment of some of their favorite things like me I'm a hockey fan hockey nerd seeing Nick Robertson score his 50th goal but then you're also getting the fulfillment I guess um you know out of other memories um you know, of that. And, you know, just my first season, I think overall was a great memory too. working in the industry. You know, it was a lot of young, 
uh, people my age uh, that year that I made really good friends with that I'm still great friends with and some of them still work with the Peets. Um, and it was just a blast that season. You know, all of us kind of in our first or second at most year with the team, we were all just kind of figuring it out, um, how to work there together. And so it was, it was a lot of fun. Now, doesn't Kayla's, uh, sorry, was it Kayla's dad that went to, to the game and left? Doesn't he know yeah. the golden rule about sports is don't leave a sporting event early? Like <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's an early riser. You know what though? He's, he's, uh, he's a guy, he gets up like kind of five in the morning every day. So he typically goes to bed around eight o'clock on a, any given night. So, um, I think the third year would have been around nine thirty ten, 10 and then he's got the extra 45 minutes or so back to marmer i think he was like you know what i'll get out but i and he said he it, he didn't realize that robbie was one away from 50 he said if he knew that he might have stayed but uh yeah, yeah so he's it's just kind of funny that like you know everybody in the building's like oh yeah i remember being there that night and he had a ticket but he just wasn't there for it yeah geez but, now, I like to end off every show with a segment called Words of Wisdom. So what would your words of wisdom or advice be for the next generation of student or an individual that want to get into the career path of sports, want to make a name for themselves and kind of land a, a role such as yours where they want to be able to help and, and make that difference in sport? Um, yeah, I think, like, honestly, the biggest thing would be um, – to just, I mean, like, I don't want to hammer on home the networking too much because I think, like, that's something that we've talked about a lot already. Um, but, like, you know, on that note, I just want to add to, like, really, like, just hammer home one more time. Like, you know, don't be afraid to put yourself out there and, like, wonder. Like, right now, while I've been, you know, off, like, in, at, at points during the season when, you know, we haven't been playing where I, I've been off from work, you know, Dobra hockey the I'm a fantasy hockey guy I have experience selling corporate partnerships and writing I just dm'd one of the guys on twitter and said hey I can help you guys maybe sell some ads and I also write so like you know is there maybe some sort of weird position open for me and they're like actually yeah sure like there's there's you don't know what kind of opportunities are out there and until you really just look for them and you know and on that point it would just be kind of you know find out who what kind of place you want to work if, if it's MLSC and if it's somewhere else like you know what don't don't let anyone else's opinion on the job sway you from doing it, it you know if someone tells you oh MLSC you're just a small fish in a big pond or oh you know this is that like any preconceived notion anyone has of any job in sport make your own you know if it's a, if it's a place you want to work and and it's and it's a place that you know you've dreamed of working you know, find out who, who it is that works there or who's in charge of the hiring or even just who the smallest fish on the totem pole is because they're only going up in that organization. You know, find them on LinkedIn, find their email somewhere, ask them for an informational interview and then, you know, come prepared to that, that, that informational interview. Like, don't, don't just show up and wing it. Like, you know, have some good solid questions for them and, you know, and just keep plugging away at it and eventually you'll find it. And, um, and, and to that note too, like if, you know, if you get in there and you realize like, you know, you're, you want to be the next GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, like don't let anyone else tell you that, that you can't be it. I'm sure there's plenty of, you know, I'm sure Kyle Dubas had a lot of help, you know, uh, already knowing a lot of the, and being related to a lot of the ownership in Sault Ste. Marie. But I mean, that doesn't mean you can't be like the GM of the Peterborough Peets, you know, he, he didn't play a whole lot of hockey growing up and, 
you know, I think he, he went to Durham college, I think did a bit of sports management. He was a teacher and a cop at one point. And, and look at him now, he's a GM of a junior hockey team that had a good chance of going to the Memorial cup last year. So, you know, if you got a passion for something, just go for it and, and, you know, find out who you need to talk to to get there and what hands, well, maybe not handshakes anymore, but you know what I mean? So <laughs> virtual handshakes. <laughs> yeah. Find out what virtual hands you need to shake to get there and, yeah. and virtually shake those hands. Awesome. Well, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to chat and talk about your experiences and kick off our speaker series month. I uh, really appreciate the time. Yeah, no, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Cole. It's good look, good uh, work on the show. It's been great. Thanks, man. And uh, we'll get up to the uh, either the hockey rinks or the golf courses soon. Don't worry. I'm salivating at the thought of either, so I'm <laughs> looking forward to it. Sounds good.